Hi, welcome to The Pipeline, all things CD and DevOps podcast by the CD Foundation. I am your host, Jacqueline Salinas, Director of Ecosystem and Community Development for the CD Foundation. I am joined today by Adam and Avinash from IBM. They are going to be talking about Tecton in episode 18 of The Pipeline. But first, I'd like to introduce um, our newest guest to the podcast, Avi. Um, and Adam uh, uh, Roberts, he's done another episode with us um, before, helping us promote CDCon and Tecton. Um, but today, we're going to actually put Avi front and center uh, with our favorite icebreaker. What was your DevOps journey like? How how did you get started in DevOps, Avi? Sure. So I... Um Started doing DevOps when I joined IBM last November. Um, so I joined a project and had quickly started working on um, so working with Kubernetes and OpenShift, um, setting up CI/CD pipelines with Tekton, and um, effectively just getting into the whole like container orchestration infrastructure side of things. Um, so I've been doing that for about a year now. And I'm currently on a project where we're working, we'll be actually using Tekton for the CICD, for the automated CICD pipelines for their, um, for the new application that they're trying to develop, which is pretty cool. Thank you so much uh, for telling us a little bit about how you got started in DevOps. So now as we transition over to talk about a little bit more about Tekton, tell us some of the problems Adam and Avi that you're seeing your clients have and how are you using Tekton to address those problems? Yeah, I can go first on this one. I think the things that we've been seeing is that people basically want to be able to do CI, CD on Kubernetes. They want a quick way to install something and then they want to configure it for their own needs. Um, so basically, you know, Jenkins X is out there. It's pretty good. You do get a whole lot of functionality, and you can use Tekton from it, but the people that I've spoken to want something that's quite lightweight, so just a Tekton controller. Um, you can just apply the release from GitHub quite easily and then write a pipeline with it. So people have been um, experimenting and prototyping. Um, I think the challenges they've seen was basically hi, I'd like to run CIC on Kubernetes and how do I do it? Um, you know, short of going about the whole buy commercial products or go down with Jenkins X route. That's what we're actually using it for um, IBM for most of our software development actually. Um, at least I'm aware of that I'm involved in. We're just using Tekton because it runs on Kubernetes pretty easily. Pipelines aren't too hard to write. They're, you know, the human readable. And it's a good fit for those exact reasons. You don't ever hear about, well, at least I don't, you know, Tekton crashing or falling over. There's a good community behind it. So I think it's a really good fit for us. And uh, yeah, we plan to stick with it for a while. So, uh, as far as I'm aware, no one's said get off Tekton. And I've been at it for probably nearly two years now. Thank you. What are your thoughts about Tekton's usability? Any particular challenges or good features that you see? Tekton's main advantages, I think for me, is the whole idea that you've got your tasks, uh, which are in YAML format, which are reusable. So you basically write, try and write generic tasks and then just stitch them together in one pipeline file, which just makes, when it comes to actual pipeline development, just a lot easier because instead of having to write like custom code for each application that you want to CI CD pipeline for, you can just like grab a task, alter some parameters, 
um, stick that stick that in your pipeline, just chain together a bunch of tasks and then just uh, kick them off. It's pretty quick and if I find it quite quick and easy to get a pipeline up and running from nothing essentially because there's quite a good library of tasks about on the internet now um so yeah it's just like very quick to get started yeah i'm gonna say a similar thing there so i used to work on a project called microclimate and basically we basically we set up jenkins and there'd be a, a pipeline and that pipeline will basically read from some library on github the definition of that entire pipeline in and then do some actions and it was very restrictive you had to have a uh, project file.groovy, resolve it and in Groovy. And it wasn't that easy to then go and share that pipeline or add to that pipeline or commit into it. And the ecosystem around Tekton, its tasks and pipelines and a catalog, made it quite a lot easier for people to basically write things and share things quicker. And I think everyone keeps talking about, you know, speed to market is really, really important. I do think that now there's a Tekton catalog with plenty of tasks in there that are all versioned. Chances are, if you think you've got, um, you know, a, a use case uh, to do, let's say, Git clone, it's probably there in the catalog, you know, maybe a security scan, um, something like that's probably in the progress in the pipeline. There's a good ecosystem there. I don't think you'd get that with Jenkins pipelines, as far as I know. Maybe there's a marketplace or a big catalog, but the way I um, the way I see it is, I can drag and drop things like from the shelf of Tekton in an easier way than I can for writing Jenkins pipelines. Um, yes, if Jenkins get like you know nice plugins, but that's really things like how to talk to Kubernetes and how to integrate with you know JUnit. This is actually at the pipeline writing stage. If I'm mistaken, then so be it. But with Tekton, it's noddy. It's like go to Tekton on GitHub. There's a repo there called Catalog. Click it, read the readme. Oh, great, I'll come and, I'm going to copy this task in my pipeline. And away you go. So, yeah, speed to market, I think, is really good. So I think it's just worth mentioning as well that you don't have to have, not all your tasks have to be like super generic. Like say you've got one bit in your build process, which is pretty complex. You can just still write a, a specific script for that and have it in that task. It doesn't need to be like really generic. So if your build process does have complicated steps in, you can still account for that with Tekton. It's not like you have to like dumb it really down. Yes. So you could have like, you know, seven tasks that might be, let's say, uh, community supported in an ideal world. And then one really cool, complex task. And it doesn't say, oh, you can't use that task. You know, it's quite well documented. There's documented inputs, outputs and resources and workspaces. So, yeah, the mix and match aspect, aspects, that was a mouthful, is, uh, is really useful for tech. Very cool. Um so on to our next question. Why do you think you'd continue using Tekton in the future? Yeah, I'll have a go at this one. Um, there's, there's a few technical reasons and there's business reasons. Uh, one is that, you know, some people at IBM have got this notion that we should, uh, they call it drink our own champagne. And, you know, because we contribute to our Tekton for the Tekton dashboard and we have an offering based around it, it seems a good thing to actually use those things for ourselves. It's called dog fooding as well, I think, in wider circles. Um, and so basically we said, okay, we're going to need a build team. What's the mandate at the moment? I think a lot of companies have this mandate. It's going to be, right, you've got your IT ops folks, maybe your developers, maybe the same, but maybe there's a build team. And that build team might have a mandate to use something that's going to be, you know, supported in the community. It's seen as being stable. 
uh, it works and kind of integrate with. So there's that business aspect. There's a tech aspect as well, which is based there from the Avinash mentioned earlier. It's that, you know, we could write a shared task that we use and a shared pipeline, and then people don't have to basically worry about those internals. We don't need to configure our repository to set up things like Travis.yaml files. We can basically set up uh, triggers. So when there is a build or a push or a merge, it goes through this magical pipeline and we see a little status change at the end. So there's both good business reasons and you know good technical reasons to stick with it. And until I see something a lot better on the horizon, I think we're going to stick with it for, for ages, really. That's my own. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk in five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, sorry, I've talk about Kubernetes is kind of, you know, it's been seen as hot and trendy for a few years. Yeah. I think serverless as well, but, you know, every, let's say, four or five years is a big new shift. So I wonder what that new shift will be. And then we'll be seen as, ah, still in Kubernetes. You're so uncool. Yeah, but I, I mean, might out the window. Maybe that's that's true. But like, I, I mean, community is strong, right? So look at Jenkins. Jenkins has been going on for 15 yeah. years, and it's grown and evolved. So um, I was just I was just teasing about that. But <laughs> we have you on record now, Tecton for life. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Right, Avi. What about you? Um, I suppose for me, it's like I'll be using Tecton as long as the clients that I'm working with are happy to use Tecton. Like if I had the choice, I'd be using Tecton purely because it's something that I've worked with for quite a while. You've got the the shared library, which is just amazing. And it's quite well documented. So you're very, if you don't, you can't find anything that shared library, it's really quick and simple to just spin up something custom for yourself. Yeah, I try and stick with it for, if I can use it, I'll use it. But there might be some situations where I, the, the client doesn't want to use Tecton for whatever reason and I've just got to deal with it. Yeah, I understand. Uh, what about other open source projects? Do you feel the same way about them that you'd be like, yes, I'm going to continue using them until either the client doesn't want to use them or... You know, there's a there's a shift in, in in the landscape. Yeah. So for me personally, I always I prefer using open source products than non open source products because there's like a, normally there's a community behind it. So you've got uh, along with like the actual product documentation, you've also got people saying like people writing tutorials, like best practices. Um, it's not just it's not just like all information is coming from one place. You've got like a spread of information so it's um yeah so just because of the whole like open source communities and that i just prefer using open source software yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna add to that exactly the same um and if for example something does go wrong and i see a line number i want to be able to go to that code and go ah you know what the reconcile loops wrong i need to do a pull request i can basically get some support on that and fix it there and then mm-hmm. so in terms of other other open source things um you know jenkins x pretty cool jenkins x3 i've uh, been trying that on our twitch streams that's quite quite handy you get a lot of good uh you know pre-canned building tools of that one so that's really useful you can use tecton from it as well uh, i want to try a screwdriver next that sounds really cool um, and basically, I've got my eye out for anything that's to do with probably serverless as well as um, as well as Tecton. Mm-hmm. There's a project called um, I think it's called uh, Keda or Keda, and basically that's all about being able to scale things on Kubernetes based on events happening. So if you could, you know, get uh, 
you've got a really big, expensive tecton pipeline going on. Maybe you want more resource and other covers available. Maybe you can auto scale that way. So if there was such a project that basically combined tecton with auto scaling, with serverless, that might be quite handy. And actually, even that tecton came from Knative Build and Knative is all about things like serverless. Um, maybe it is serverless. I've just not pushed it, but I think that'll be the next cool thing to do. Or maybe even it's like um, a DSL-based shift where you write pipelines by just saying, hi, uh, I want to build that Git repo at this interval, um, and I want to do it this way, and go and build the pipeline. Maybe it's something like, uh, for the name of it, um, open something, the machine learning, yeah, there's a machine learning library that's very popular, Open GPT, maybe it's called. Basically, if you could do it that way, that would be even better. So you don't care where it runs, you just say, yeah, go ahead and do all this cool stuff for me. Under the covers, use Tecton. I think you've got to be quite hands-on at the moment with Tecton and with Jenkins X. You know, you've got to go to a little shell and know all your custom resource names, do all your cubes detail applies and all this. I don't really like doing any of that. I don't really like using the command line anymore. I think they've gone a little bit, a little bit back, backwards in terms of usability. Give me a little Windows machine, I can use a UI and I'll be happy. But yeah, I'm in a command, command window too much for Kubernetes. So if you can get rid of all of that stuff, I'll be off it. But until then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, yeah. Yep. Um, so this, this question is to both of you. And I think Adam, I've, I might've asked this in the, in our past uh, podcast episode as well, but what was your first uh, open source contribution? Like what was the project? What, what did you do? Was it a, you know, what was the pull request about? Was it documentation? Yeah. Just tell me a little bit more about that. Because I think both of you sound to be uh, very passionate about open source, and it seems like open source is, is preferred over over something that is a private product. So tell me more about that. Why why so passionate about open source? That is such a good question. Um, I'd like to give us a go back and get hoping this is not our very first commit, but it was probably in. Apache Spark. Um, so basically, uh, a while ago, we used to have a product at IBM, which was the Apache Spark development package. And it was Apache Spark, which is a pretty popular open source framework for your machine learning. And we basically had to get it working with IBM Java. And we tested it, found plenty of bugs, and basically I did things like, uh, oh, if you're on IBM Java, then you want to use this class or this uh, Java option. It was a little bit different than OpenJDK. That's one of my first contributions to open source. Um, and we went on to make uh, several product teams in IBM that would want to use IBM Spark plus IBM Java together. And so it was nice to actually see those open source contributions. One, get accepted. B, get used. Well, one and B. One, get accepted. Two, get used. And three, you actually had people building upon those things in the future. I find it it's quite cute when you make an issue in the open and someone you've got, you know, no idea about says, oh, yeah, I'm going to work on this. And they fix it for you. And it's just great. So we had a lot of that with Apache Spark. And that was my first real big open source project, personally. How about you, Avinash? Any fond mm-hmm. memories? Uh, unfortunately, I haven't contributed anything uh, anything to open source, but I've used a load of open source software during like university, um, during like my university projects, and like while working for IBM. So I feel like 
for me, the main appeal about open source is that I, well, not one of the main appeals about open source as well is that I can look at the source code. So if I see something and I don't really understand the documentation, I can just try and find the source code for it and try and read through and figure out what it's doing that way. So in terms of like use a bit like usability and that it's, it's a massive help. Um, But yeah, I haven't actually contributed anything yet. That might change. Well, there's plenty of opportunity at the CD Foundation (laughs) for you to help and contribute to open source. Um, But very cool. Thanks for for sharing uh, your experiences with open source and and how you've leveraged some of those tools. Um, Okay, let's let's move on to what kind of advice, um, do you have any advice that you would give others who are looking to get started in Tecton for the first time? Go on, Avi, you can go first. Cheers, Adam. I was just going to say, maybe just like, apart from like the boilerplate, fully read the documentation. um, Just try and get an understanding that like a task is a specific, like try and get the the definitions between a task and a pipeline and a pipeline run down. Just because I've noticed that's just some people just getting confused between them and it's like um i'm trying to add something to the pipeline file and it's not working it's like oh well that's meant to be in the task file not the pipeline file so it's just like trying to sit like figuring out where stuff goes within the like within each file because there's a lot of concepts that if you just start doing tapped on it might seem a bit overwhelming but if you like break it down and be like all right this is a task these things go in the task this is a pipeline it stitches together the tasks this is a pipeline run it executes a pipeline um if you're trying to like just break it down into like more modular things instead of just being instead of trying to think about tapped on as a whole it it does help with pipeline with making pipelines what about yeah yeah so for me um i already knew quite a bit about kubernetes and writing custom resources before it's detected on so basically doing things like uh, kubectl get task and seeing it come up wasn't really that new so basically um when I started using Tecton for the first time, I looked at their uh, custom resource definitions, looked at their structs, saw how it all worked that way, and then basically did everyone's first use case, which is the uh, corner Git repository, put it something like Kaneko or Builder, and then push it somewhere. Um, so that was how I got started personally. I think my advice, um, it you know, it depends on your, your technical expertise of Kubernetes, really. Um, I, <laughs> I'd like to say get stuck in um, and go through the docs, but even the tutorials may be handy on um, Catacoda. If you go through the tutorials we've published for the dashboard and pipelines itself, things are, you know, interactive and it will tell you about, you know, what a task is, what a pipeline is. You can modify some code there. And basically it's a handy little in-between. Um, so if you want someone to kind of hold your hand, but... Uh, you're okay with being a computer. Catacoda is perfectly, perfectly um, suitable for that. So I think you'd go to the main docs page, try the tutorials out, and then you probably might say, okay, uh, I'm now um, in the mood to learn some more. Go to the community page, join the Slack channel and say, hi, everybody. Maybe a little wave, a little parrot emoji. They're quite popular. Maybe a cat emoji. And then basically have a little conversation and hopefully get some ideas in your mind as to what you want to do with Tecton. That would be the flow I suggest. So uh, interactive tutorials, I really like those personally. Maybe even go on YouTube and uh, some videos. I know I personally walk around the house with uh, my Bluetooth um, 
headphones in, listen to people talk about all sorts. Tecton, for example, maybe you want to hear Christy Wilson, one of the founders of Tecton, talk about the basics. I get some inspiration from that one. So there's lots out there. And yeah, if anything's overwhelming, you just know there's a community that's backing you. And, uh, you know, we've got your back. And if you get stuck, we expect questions and we expect to help you. Thank you. Were there any things that when you were getting started with Tecton, you wish you had known that were challenging? You were like, God, I wish I knew this in advance. For me personally, maybe not really, but there was a moment when everything clicked when I was looking at the task YAMORs and I was just remembered thinking like this looks really similar to the Kubernetes deployment YAMOR and then once I kind of got that clicked in my head everything started to make a bit more sense um so yeah maybe that don't know if you've got anything to add Adam well, that's a really good point actually so I'm currently running an operator um that actually create deployments but they call tasks it's not Tecton tasks though and yeah you're right because basically in Tecton you say what image to use and then you say okay well what command to run and then you know what args to use and you kind of build off that so I didn't actually click that at the time um I've only just clicked it now to be honest so yeah that's a good point I think anyone that comes from Kubernetes background should be able to make that map, that mapping. Yeah, that's really good. Um, there's other things. Uh, basically, that you should join the Slack as soon as you can, and you should join the pipeline channel. It's a default channel, the pipeline one. And if you're trying to do something, maybe create an application for webhooks um, or security scans. Just tell people because chances are there's about 10 competing things or 10 similar things people have already done in their own GitHub repositories. They can basically you know, talk to them, get advice. There's, there's basically little to no point in writing anything from scratch nowadays. I said this to my friends recently. I said, you know, programming at the moment, there's nothing new in what we're doing. We're basically Googling things. You find out on Stack Overflow, medium.com or YouTube. You copy and paste some code and then you just kind of change a few little business critical values like where to pull the Git source from. And yeah, one thing I wish I would have known was to just ask people and say, here's what I plan to do, just so you're not writing something that's already done. Because yeah, I don't think anything's really new. I sound jaded, but is anything really new in software development? That's my input (laughs) on that somber note. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you, Adam. So um, if you want to join the... Slack. It's tectoncd.slack.com to go sign up. Uh, where else could folks go and, and get information about Tecton, Adam? Uh, well, you could check out our recordings on YouTube under the Continuous Discovery Foundation. There's quite a lot of quite a lot of Tecton-related content on there. Um, I think in general, if you just search Tecton and go to the 2019 year in review, I know it's you know near the end of 2020, there was a nice blog post there basically summarizes what Tecton did in 2019 and what's coming up next. Check out the roadmap documentation. Join the working group meetings for Tecton. They're every week. There's one for like every single area of Tecton. Um, say hello. Say what you're doing. Give us a cheeky wave. I think that's where you should go next, personally. Well, very cool. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about Tecton. Um, Adam and Avi joining us from our member company, IBM. Um, appreciate your time. Thanks, everyone. That was a lot of fun. Thanks. No worries. Thanks for having me.